when we met with um, one of our suppliers in North Carolina, Ron and I, he said that if he ever gets any appliance, he doesn't care what color it is, he buys it because he can't get them fast enough. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. Hello, everyone. And man, we're pretty excited to uh, be back and talk about something that was requested by all of you. Really appreciate mm-hmm. all of the shout outs and everything from everybody sharing our podcast. It's growing and we really appreciate that. So anyway, Heather, what are we going to talk about today? So we've had a lot of people asking us about the current market and what the kind of our market update that we've done periodically, but we haven't done one for a little while. So doing a catch up on that and talking a little bit about that we have a new president and there has been um, another, I guess, lengthened eviction moratorium. So what that Mm, means for investors. I know. It just makes me smile every time I hear about it. I keep thinking maybe they're going to do like a payment moratorium. I know, right? I mean, why do we have a payment moratorium with a rent moratorium? Exactly. I mean, the crazy thing is that I still have to make my payments. It's frustrating. I think I have a conversation regularly. Good for them for, (laughs) you know, helping people out. That's fantastic. I love it. Yep. Just love it. People that need the help. I think I was talking to my husband the other day and I said, if only people just looked at tenants as people and when they were sick or struggling that you worked with them, this wouldn't, we wouldn't need any of this stuff. We wouldn't need any of this additional legislation, right? If people looked out for people, then the government wouldn't. Yeah, I think they would do it anyway, um, because you know. I I mean, so I mean, I have people ask all the time. Do you? I mean, are you being affected by this at all? Mm -hmm. Um, Sure, I think everybody is being affected by it um, in some way. But to your point, most people who are in a situation where you know, COVID has affected them and they're financially unable to make their payments. They're going out and they're getting the assistance that is out there already earmarked for them. Yeah. It's, it's not as if the government didn't, doesn't have something to help them. It's, mm-hmm. it's there. They have it. It's in place. As a matter of fact, they just passed another 25 billion for renters assistance for people mm-hmm. who are in that situation. And it's really pretty simple. You go down, you apply for it and you get it. It's, it's really easy. Um, you do have to actually physically go down there. Yes, yes. Um, but work. now I just read an article the other day that said that they're allowing landlords to go down and um, do this on their behalf. They just have to get the tenant's signature. Now, hmm. how has this affected me? I have four people in one of my apartment buildings. They just won't go. Mm-hmm. They won't sign the papers and they won't go. Mm-hmm. Now, are there deadbeats like that that are out there? Yeah, there are. There are, you know, would I like to brutalize them in some way? Um, depends on the day. Depends <laughs> on the day. I mean, I, I really don't have any sympathy for people who won't, who literally, I mean, you just, all you have to do is sign a paper. Yeah, I, like we'll themselves. literally go do yeah. all the work for you. All you have to do is sign a paper. Those people are wastes of flesh and I don't really have much sympathy for them. <laughs> and they're the people who give tenants a bad name, by the way. Yeah. So there are horrible landlords, same principle applies mm-hmm. um, with them as with these pathetic tenants. 
the vast, vast majority of residents in any one of our uh, places want to pay. Uh, they they want to stay in a good graces. And given an option to be able to do that, they will do that. So Agree. is this a really massive, huge problem? Um, no, I don't think it is. And, you know, where they just passed more money, I don't think it's going to be. I mean, there's there's a bunch of money that's sitting there unused right now. People haven't even gone and gotten. So it's knowing what the laws are in your particular area, how to go get the money, um, and then making sure that your management companies are doing that on your yes. behalf. I think that's that's a key point because most of our clients or my clients that I work with regularly have professional property management. So we haven't right. been brutalized by this. I've just barely been impacted on my own portfolio just in the last few weeks for the first time. And I have a tenant that contracted COVID in December and they said they're trying to catch up. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like work with the tenant, no problem. You know, they're they're already wanting to catch up. So I don't think people enjoy not paying rent by and large, right? There's the handful, like you mentioned, but yep. a good property manager knows how to help them, help them get on their feet again. Yeah. Now, would it make more sense to put a moratorium on unless you don't do the paperwork? And if, you, if you're not willing to do the paperwork, you can still get evicted? Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But we are dealing with the government here who <laughs> doesn't seem to do anything that makes any sense, literally ever. So, and that... This all started under Trump. So if you guys love Trump, same, same. Mm-hmm. And if you love Biden, same, same. If you yeah. hate both of them, same, same. It, it doesn't make any difference because we already said this on one of the other podcasts, who it was that gave the CDC authority to completely undermine and just cancel out uh, contract law is, is beyond me. I, I, don't know what, I don't know where this is written anywhere that they have the ability to do that. Uh, and yet it's being done. So, and that was done under Trump. So I know there's a bunch of Trump fans and Trump can do no wrong. Well, he, he crapped the bed in that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, there was no corresponding anything for anyone who actually has a payment that he just did a giveaway to a, a bunch of people that that's really all mm-hmm. he did. And with no thought as to how that would have any ramifications on anybody else. And then what did Biden do? the exact same thing until September. No, literally no difference between the two of them. So I'm an equal opportunity hater. I can't pretty much can't stand government at all. And this basically (laughs) proves my point. I mean, both, both really screwed this up. I will, I will, I will stop now um, because we'll, we'll rant for, you know, the whole half well, hour. I just, I just wish there was some kind of stipulation in place, like you said, that they needed to follow through on something to al- allow themselves to not be evicted. That would make a yep. really logical, like a logical case for that, for sure. But because the deadbeats that I was talking about, they don't have any right to a protection. In my, mm-hmm. in, in my humble opinion, if you're not willing to sign a piece of paper, you should not get to just live in someone else's property. COVID or not, I don't care. There's money there for you and you can't. Basically what they said was, we're not going to sign the paper or we're not going down there because there's nothing you can do about it. Hmm. Well, okay. I mean, that may be right now. Yeah. But we will at some point get a judgment against you and follow you around until the end of time until you pay (laughs) it off. Because people like that don't deserve any leniency in my opinion. Yeah. 
I think there will be some of that, but I think by and large, from what I've heard from our clients, I've only heard a handful of um, issues where tenants yeah, are that's paying. four out of hundreds yeah. of doors, four yeah. out of hundreds of doors. So this yeah. is not a big, huge, widespread problem, but it is a problem. I mean, it's, yeah. it's there. It's affecting me. It's affecting uh, my friends in the industry. It, it, it's, and I can't believe no one in government has thought this through any further than this. It's, it's remarkable to me that they thought that this is a good solution. But again, banks are protected. So uh-huh. we got that. Banks are fine. They'll be fine. Uh, they always are. And, uh, you know, the rest of us, what we need to do is to watch and see how the game changes and then just play the new game. That's all. Mm-hmm. Right. So we knew what the game was under Trump. Well, now we just need to figure out what the game is under Biden and play the game appropriately. Yep. One thing I can tell you about politicians is they will always put loopholes in there for themselves. Therefore, all we have to do is figure out which ones they put in there for, for themselves. And then, you know, they're, they're there for us too. So, yep. yeah. Exactly. We've capitalized on that over the years for sure. The loopholes have been awesome. <laughs> By the way, this new new round of money is available right now. So... Mm. If someone has told you that it's not available yet, that's not true. Um, funds were available by January 20th, um, and you are listening to this after January 20th, so funds are available. And uh, you just got to figure out where to go get them and, and how to apply. That's right. So we also wanted to update on the market, right? So what are some things that you should know as an investor um, in today's current market conditions, um, we were looking at all of the data and research you and I Ron, and, uh, the shortage of inventory has been definitely brutal um, on our end of things and our core business that we have had, um, more investors who want to purchase than we have property to sell. Um, and that's been going on for gosh, about 12 months, I would say and, that we and can't keep up literally in every market. Yes. In every yeah. major metropolitan area, yeah. except for one, just San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Good thing we don't sell there. <laughs> right. In every <laughs> single one of them, inventory is down across the board, but the average, mm-hmm. the national average is down 20%. That's extraordinary. That's it's, a lot. It's unbelievable. Um, and in some of these markets, it's way above 20%. But that's that's the average, and that's including that average uh, number is is including the fifty one percent positive in San Francisco, which means they they actually have more homes than they did last year, up fifty one percent at literally everywhere else in the country, including New York, which is shocking, has less inventory mm-hmm. than they did last year. Yeah, I mean, and if you consider that we came into this pandemic situation with a shortage of inventory already, and then you have, well, we have a pandemic, everyone needs to stay home and isolate. And then you have, well, we need to stay six foot distance. So all of that construction just, man, it like screeched to a halt for us. I mean, it made it really hard. And then you have cities that are shut down. So you can't go get permits and things to start construction or continue construction. So I mean, all of our builders have reported that it's been a tough to, logistically to get around. I mean, you have your supplies cost increasing. 
um, shortage. When we met with um, one of our suppliers in North Carolina, Ron and I, he said that if he ever gets any appliance, he doesn't care what color it is, he buys it because yep. he can't get them fast enough. Yep. I mean, I, I think I said this on the, on the podcast before, maybe I didn't, but it took me three months to get my dishwasher. Oh, three yeah, months right. to get a dishwasher. Yeah. yeah. Granted, it was, it was a really nice dishwasher and it was the specific one we wanted. Um, <laughs> three months. Yeah. I don't know how many boats came over. I would call the company uh, immediately when because I knew when the boats were coming over. <laughs> and there was just none on the boat. I said, I mean, how in the world is there none on the boat? It's ridiculous. How um, did you know a boat came in? I'm like all stuck on that. What? I got the schedule from the national sales guy and wow. I called them every because I wanted wow. to make sure that if one came, it was coming here. It was mine. <laughs> yeah. That's how well, bad it is. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our builder who is stockpiling appliances, it's no joke. Yeah. I mean, and, and then there's everything else in the supply chain is also kind of screwed up. And so, you know, you, you got to figure we already have a housing shortage and I've been talking about this forever because mm -hmm. we didn't build anything for like five or six years, like almost yeah. nothing. Population growth continued, Right. So we have this massive pent up demand. And in some of these cities, Heather, if you recall, there were a handful of cities and states where there was a major glut of homes because they overbuilt the snot out of those areas. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the country really didn't have this huge oversupply to begin with. Yeah. Then we have the crash and those areas also didn't have any construction. So we already had, you know, basically a normal market exacerbated by the fact that we didn't build anything for five or six years because there was no money. And then on top of that, we didn't build enough after there's just, it, it just continues to exacerbate itself. And then we finally start getting some good construction numbers coming COVID hits and screws the whole thing up again. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we got interest rates. I was going to sell my house, Heather. That's true. I was going to sell my house. I mean, my wife and I, we did a bunch of stuff to it. We're like, yeah, and we're, let's put this thing on the market and let's go, you know, build our house. Well, we decided not to do that because there is literally nothing to buy. Yeah. We could sell our house like that for way more than I think we probably should. Mm -hmm. But then we got nowhere to live. Yeah. There's nowhere to rent. There's nowhere. I mean, literally, there's nowhere to rent. There's nowhere to buy. So what do we rich, do? Rich homeless family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I seriously, that's my, my yeah. buddies. They call me and they say, you know, Hey, are you interested in selling your house? Cause we have people who are looking in your neighborhood. I'm like, I'm yeah. sure, you, I'm sure you do, <laughs> I'm sure you do. but no, I mean, what's the make me move number? Um, let's see, you know, and I'll add like half a million to it. They're like, yeah, they probably won't pay that much. Okay. Well, let me know when they will, you know, yeah. if, if they'll pay yeah. that much, then I'll take my chances. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise I'm not. I'll move to Italy or something. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then you have all the people that are exiting out of bigger cities, right? Um, we have stay at home work options that companies are moving toward. Mm -hmm. So people are moving to affordable markets. And then that also is pulling the inventory from a lot of our, our suppliers. I mean, our rehabbers are telling me every week, like it's harder and harder to find property to rehab. We're selective and we're picky. People are overpaying for property. So Heather, I'm trying to get you more inventory, but I don't want to overpay. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so 
<laughs> it's, it's a real, real problem that we're facing, but well, I mean, I mean we, we actually just were talking about, um, a net, we had this net migration map, right? And it's pretty telling. Yeah. It shows what the net migration numbers are. And it's, it's not good for some states. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there are states where notoriously more people move in, people want to live there. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of companies there. And so people were kind of forced to live there. Prices were ridiculous. I mean, California, New York, places like that. That's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Heather, I mean, people don't have to live in California to work for the Silicon Valley companies. They just don't. Yep. They're working at home. And so where, where would they prefer to live? Well, you just heard the numbers. There's mm-hmm. more inventory in San Francisco and Silicon Valley, right? That area, I mean, the net migration numbers are pretty disgusting for California and for New York and kind of that whole area up around New York. It's no shock that people are, are going to where it's business friendly and tax friendly. I, I mean, think I've, I, I've seen a lot of people go where there's more recreation too, you know, coming from a big city. I, I just, it, it boggles my mind that people can't figure this out. I, I, I see all the time people on Facebook that they're leaving the high tax areas, taking their company and their, their business to a state which is business friendly. So mm-hmm. regulatory, business friendly, and either has no or low income tax. That just makes sense. And in these other states, they're continuing to raise taxes. They're continuing to add regulations. And they're wondering why in the world in these really dense cities, especially right now with, with COVID that people are moving. Yeah. It's no wonder why they're moving. (laughs) This is not really that complicated. (laughs) People were basically forced to live in those areas to do certain kind of work which now they don't have to, why would you want to pay the taxes if you don't have to? Nobody wants to pay the taxes if you don't have to. And so here we also see that these states where there is no income tax, they have massive movement into um, their states and they're doing well financially where the others are not doing well. Even though they're raising taxes, which should raise money, for mm-hmm. the revenue for the state. They're not really not That's that true. complicated. Yep. And then you're going to have um, this article I read in Forbes. In fact, I'm going to see if we can't get links to these articles that we're referring to for listeners to be able to link through on um, our YouTube channel at least. But um, it's really interesting because they're expecting new construction to be just staggering this year and set records on new construction. But that also means that you're going to have to buy outside of the bigger cities, right? So you're expanding <laughs> into the suburbs of cities um, to be able to have land to build on. So the growth and stuff that that brings and, you know, things to watch for as far as investing. I mean, man, we've done, we've done land banking before and it's kind of tempting right now. <laughs> there there <laughs> isn't any, that's the problem. There, there isn't any, it's been snatched up. Um, all all the builders that I talked to, I mean, you know, some of the, some of the land that they're now buying, it literally has no infrastructure at all. You know, then the cities haven't put the infrastructure any further. And so, you know, lot prices are going way, way up, um, home price, just the construction cost itself is going through the roof. And that's, if you can find the subcontract labor that you need to be able to build, build times are expanding, build times expand. 
that means you're paying more for your money to build, which also increases build costs. True. And so the people who, who bought over the last many years, they're going to reap the rewards of, of having purchased already. But I don't see this. You know, some people talk about this, this slowdown that's coming. I, don't, I just don't understand how it could possibly happen. I guess you know people could triple or quadruple up on housing. I mean, I guess they could. Supply and demand says there is not enough supply for the demand and the demand increases. And everyone, yeah, I think everyone couples 2008, you know, and says, this is what's going to happen again. But like we've sort of talked about before, it's just a very different climate. It's incredibly than- different. And yeah, I, I also don't think, you know, if, if, if I'm a bank and I have the ability to foreclose on somebody or I can just put all of the payments on the back of their loan and the government will give me money, which the government yeah. has proven that it will. I just don't see this huge wave of foreclosures coming either. I could be wrong, but if anything, I see um, a Biden administration giving money to banks because a Trump administration would have, and every other administration prior would have. I mean, they mm-hmm. proved it, right? True. So uh, I don't see really a whole lot of change with them. You know, they're they're not going to back off the reins. They just passed another two trillion dollars um, that they're gonna that they're gonna print and and put out there into the ether. And we already know that majority of that is going to get gobbled up by large companies. Um, banks, mm-hmm. institutions will eat that money alive and they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see that piece coming. Would it be nice if from an investor's point of view, if foreclosures ticked up and we had more inventory? Yeah, I guess it would. Um, but if I'm a bank and I'm, I'm smart and I don't have regulators telling me I have to dump all of my inventory like we did in 2009, why would I dump it? The prices are at you know ridiculously high right now. Why wouldn't I put them on the market a little bit more slowly, and true. you know make a little bit of money on these? Yeah, on these that's true. That's I, true. I just I, I just don't I don't see 2008 coming. I don't see this massive wave coming. Um, there might be a slight uptick, but my guess is that those houses are going to be taken off the market really quickly because there's no supply of any kind outside of those anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty bullish on the real estate market. I, I think it's a really good place uh, to be. I think it's a, a, a relatively safe place, uh, everything considered yep. uh, to be. I'm closing on another property this hopefully in February. I mean, I'm, I'm buying as fast as I have the money that coming in. And yeah, I, also, <laughs> um, I also don't think that there's going to be any massive change in, in, in taxes. I could be wrong with that too, but you know, they don't have, and the one, one party has control, but they they don't have such control that they'll be able to pass whatever they want. Um, you know, I think there's going to have to be a little bit of give and take. Anytime there's give and take, and plus, I don't think they're going to screw themselves over. Let's just be honest about it. I, I just don't see them doing that. But they'll make a show about how awesome they're you know, they're doing for the middle class, and then they'll put a whole bunch of pork in there for themselves. That's right. Well, I think we have several takeaways. I've been writing them down as we've been talking, Ron. So tell me if I missed any. Um, I think. One, a couple takeaways on if you're looking to purchase rental property is to get your pre-approval letter and act fast. Don't be afraid to act fast. You have a due diligence period. So 
be ready to act so that you can take advantage of property because it just moves really quickly, whether it's our clients or not. I mean, (laughs) it moves so fast. And if you have any sort of issues with tenants paying, educate your property managers. Hopefully you're not not doing the management yourself, but if you are, educate your tenants, take advantage of the government money out there so that you can be able to cover your mortgage, sell properties where the where there's such a high demand right now. I've been reaching out to clients for the last several months, um, just helped a client sell two properties that he bought four years ago and made well over six figures in increase um, from, even after expenses. So it's a great time to be able to purchase um, property, but it's also a great time to sell so if you have equity in your properties, sell or refinance at low interest rates. So. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing right now. So if you're, if you're sitting there wondering what your values are, um, if you bought from us, let us know. We will, yeah. we will, we will more than happily tell you. Um, I mean, we're right now, right now we know of some of them and we're calling people mm-hmm. and saying, hey, look, um, did you know that your property is worth $200,000 more than you paid for it? And that they'll sell in like a day. Yep. At those numbers. Cash buyers. Yeah. And then, crazy. you know, what do you do with those? Well, we've go back and listen to the episode we did on um, return on equity and understand mm-hmm. what that means. Take advantage of the market gifts that we've been, that we're being given right now and um, redeploy that money into and make it all work yeah. uh, at double digit returns. Right. It's the name of the game. That's right. Very cool. I, I think those it. are great takeaways um, as far as the market goes. It's a weird time right now. And I think a lot of people have been kind of scared, Heather, about what's going to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. at least half the country, right? Because either way it went, half the country was going to be scared that something was going to happen. Yeah. Which I guess is the time when I should say all the lunatics on the right and all the lunatics on the left, maybe just stop being lunatics. It'd be great (laughs) if that, if we could do that. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that? Stop it. I mean, this is the dumbest season I think I've ever experienced in politics. It is remarkable how, how dumb people have gotten. Um, and if you're sitting there and you're, and you're offended now by what I just said, I would just, just take, take a pause real quick and just assess whether or not you've gone too far one way or the other. I mean, if, if all you do all day is sit on Facebook and argue with people that are have been dumb all the way to the other side of the aisle. It's time maybe to just turn social media off for a little while, turn the news off for a little while, and take a reset. Because we've been here before. Both parties now have controlled for the last several years. Mm-hmm. And look, we're all still breathing. We're all still making money. I mean, come on, people. I mean, true. come on. Yeah. So stop the silliness. And think, think reasonably, think with some reason. And I think find uh, common ground with someone else that feels you think the opposite of you on every level. My husband and I feel very different about politics. And obviously I have a lot of common ground with my husband, right? So there look for common ground with people rather than the differences. Should we we get him on the show and just see? (laughs) I bet I could create an argument pretty quickly. Oh, you could. You could. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, let us know if you guys want to see um, Doug and Heather on the show. Duke it out. Uh, I, I could moderate. I'd be happy to do it. Uh, you're gosh, making that, me turn red. That might be like one of our best episodes ever. We might go viral if we do that. 
That's so fantastic. <laughs> bring it, Ron. Right, well, bring listen, it. <laughs> I think uh, that sums up our forecast for the for the market. Like what's happened, mm -hmm. what we think is going to happen. Um, obviously, we're we're pretty bullish. So, yep. Welcome to 2021. It's okay. If you like the show, like it. Um, still trying to figure out why it is that YouTube has a dislike button, but I guess you could use it if you want to. Um, <laughs> seems kind of mean to me. <laughs> who, I don't know who does that. Like, I, I don't go around YouTube. If I don't like the thing, I just click off of yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree. I who agree. sits and clicks dislike and then makes a nasty comment? Who does that? I think the only time I would is if it was totally inappropriate. Like if it was, yeah. But other than that, no. Like if you search for real estate and instead you got soft porn or something. Yeah. I might, I might click the dislike and maybe leave a comment on that one, but I don't understand. Like I don't, that, that just really boggles my mind. <laughs> like who leaves the restaurant and, and takes the time to actually write a nasty comment about the restaurant? I mean, unless they gave you like food poisoning or something, why would you do that? Doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's true. And if you do that and you just got offended, we invite you to take a step back, reassess your life. <laughs> I mean, maybe real, maybe reassess what how you're spending your time. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Maybe what maybe. brings you joy? That's, that's we're gonna get a whole bunch of dislikes now to be like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, we dislike you because we dislike everybody. <laughs> Go ahead though. I guess if that that makes you feel better, then everybody else got to make sure that you counteract those with likes and then uh, and then share us, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, we're gonna do a show here coming up um, from a recommendation from one of you out there. So if you have recommendations you want us to talk about, Heather, how do they find us? Invest at rpcinvest.com. Send us an email. Bam. And until we do that for you, get out there and make something happen. Thank you. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.